Time now for Financial Friday on WOMI with your host, Drew Watson, sponsored by Align Wealth Management. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and after a month's vacation, we are happy to be back on the air here, uh, delivering you fantastic financial information to help you and your loved ones in this crazy uh, times that we live in. As of Friday, August 6th, we've had kind of a mixed bag this week in the markets uh, as uh, we run down uh, market action. But before we do a little preview of the show this week, we will get into your financial planning questions that we've had come in uh, regarding uh, job openings. Uh, we also will talk about looking at your pay stubs to make sure you're right on the beam, so to speak, with uh, what you pay in income taxes, as well as an investment spotlight into the uh, uh, very hot topic right now of infrastructure spending. But let's look at the markets. Uh, as of Thursday's close, uh, we had a pretty good day Thursday. Uh, the week has been a mixed bag. Uh, but as of uh, midweek, the indexes led by the S&P 500 were up about 18% year to date. Uh, that's coming off the back of strong performance last year. The tech-heavy NASDAQ was up about 15.1, and the Dow Jones averaged about 14%. Here in the U.S., the sectors are led by the energy sector up 31%, uh, followed closely by the 29% increase in real estate. Uh, well, a little bit of a mixed bag uh, in uh, foreign investments. Things are much better across the pond, as they say in Europe, than they are in Asia, where most of the European bourses are up somewhere between 10 to 20%. Um, the Dow Jones stocks Europe, which is 50 of the biggest companies in Europe, is up actually 19.5%, which is better than the S&P here. In Asia, as we look, you've had some negative performance out of Hong Kong. Um, top performer for that area has been the Australian uh, S&P uh, 200. You've got the Shanghai Composite negative, so Chinese stocks negative. Uh, the Straight Times Index out of Singapore up about 13.5%, and the Korean Kospi up 14 Where are we this week when it comes to interest rates? If you've owned the uh, Barclays U.S. Aggregate Bond Index this year, you've had negative performance. Um, the 10-year Treasury is coming in at about 1.2%, which is down about uh, a half a percent from its highs earlier this year. And when it comes to commodities, crude oil has been king, uh, with West Texas Intermediate up 41 and a quarter percent year to date. And um, the senior metal gold uh, down about 4.6% and silver down about 3.6% year to date. Now, a show wouldn't uh, be complete without a look at our commodity du jour this year, that is lumber. Uh, I think somebody's uh, uh, marketing phrase in the uh, lumber business is, you are lumber one, and, and lumber was the top commodity, surging uh, to $1,734 per 1,000 board feet uh, in mid-May. That has since sold off, and uh, as of the close of business on Thursday, was footing a $540 per 1,000 board foot price. Uh, in an epic sell-off or a lumber liquidation, if you allow me to play on words. With that said, it will take some time for lumber prices 
to fully trickle down uh, to the big box stores and local yum- lumber yards, as I'm sure middlemen go through the inventory they've had to pay through the nose for. So we are very pleased to be back on the air, uh, and we cannot wait to take your uh, take your email questions uh, every week. And we have a great show for you today, and our lineup for the rest of the year is spectacular. You're listening to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Line Wealth Management, and we'll be back in 60 seconds. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer, our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, Private Wealth Advisor with Align Wealth Management. And in our second segment, we always do an investment spotlight. And uh, with the situation in Washington, I thought today's show would be a great day to do that spotlight on infrastructure investing. And depending how you talk to infrastructure means different things to different people. But let's be clear, no one really knows what is in that bill in Washington, D.C. But I think most people would think that uh, infrastructure uh, investing means probably better roads, bridges um, than what we have. That means when you flush your toilet, it actually flushes. And that when you turn on your faucet, you actually have water. To be sure, there are more things in infrastructure uh, than just water and roads. You know, all types of utility improvements, including electrical, uh, <clears throat> are areas that uh, I think would be included. But if you look at how you're going to invest in this, there's a couple of ways that might uh, be a good a good picture. Uh, one might be looking at industrials. Uh, we're going to share with you uh, kind of what the um, folks at BCA have to say about that, as well as do you utilize some type of prepackaged uh, exchange-traded fund that has different themes with regards to different parts of infrastructure. If you've been a listener to this show for any time, you know that uh, one of the areas we have discussed at length, uh, especially with regards to not just infrastructure but good sound policy, is what's going on uh, with water uh, in, in this country. Uh, as uh, you know, there's a huge drought out west, and a lot of our listeners uh, do work in agricultural businesses that depend on uh, on water. So, you, you know, that's um, those are areas that are near and dear to our heart, and we will kind of cover all that in this segment. Uh, but first and foremost, we will kind of start with maybe why industrials um, 
are a place to look at to participate in what we would say might be an infrastructure spend, but also the uh, old-fashioned onshoring. Uh, this is a reverse of what happened during the uh, 80s and 90s where a lot of manufacturing jobs left the country. But let's look at what the facts are as, as it pertains to industrial production. And as I said, this is from our friends at BCA. Uh, U.S. manufacturing capacity has been stagnant over the past 20 years, and the level of U.S. manufacturing employment has declined by 30% since the year 2000. Presently, manufacturing output and employment account for only 11.4% of GDP and 8.5% of total employment, respectively. As a result, rising demand for industrial and consumer goods will result in capacity shortages and allow producers to raise prices. The reason for the lack of capacity expansion over the last 20 years has been the outsourcing and shifting of production to other countries, especially our friends in the People's Republic of China. The peak in U.S. manufacturing capacity and employment occurred after the massive Asian currency devaluation in 1998 and China's admission into the World Trade Organization in 2001. However, and this is a big however, a structural shift is in this trend is now commencing in the U.S. and multinational producers selling into the U.S. will expand capacity either in the U.S., Canada, or Mexico due to the USMCA Act. With the U.S.-China confrontation poised to escalate in years to come and after having experienced shipping disruptions in the past 12 months, industrial companies will opt to bring production to North America. Besides, future U.S. economic policies will be protectionist and will benefit from companies who operate in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. U.S. manufacturing is already operating at close to its long-term trend capacity, and further expansion will stretch its capacity considerably. Notably, producers of machinery as well as computers, communications equipment, and semiconductors are operating well above their long-term trend capacity. The aggregate measure for overall manufacturing capacity utilization has been held down by auto production, which constitutes a significant portion of overall manufacturing. Vehicle production has been hindered by semiconductor shortages as semiconductor shortages are resolved over the course of the next year or so. Auto production will be ramped up and overall manufacturing will operate well above its normal capacity, they believe. This will enable producers to raise manufacturing and industrial goods prices, reinforcing the inflation in this sector. In fact, in the past 12 months, producer prices for the entire manufacturing sector have already been rising at the fastest clip since the 1980s. Critically, this relationship between capacity utilization and selling prices is not linear, but exponential. When capacity reaches its limit and shortages arise, potential buyers will likely be willing to pay considerably higher prices to secure the supply of goods that they require. You know, the bottom line in this is the U.S. manufacturing capacity is already stretched, and that's bad news for consumers, but good news for manufacturers who can charge higher prices. And the U.S. is entering this industrial boom that will be incentivized to expand given they will be operating at full capacity, there will be some pricing power, and facing extremely low cost of capital. Building the industrial capacity will in itself be kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy since that will, that will lift the demand for industrial goods, and this will occur in addition to stimulus-driven higher demand for such goods. And critically, there is a chance that once the Biden administration passes the infrastructure package through Congress, 
in one of the next two quarters, either as a bipartisan deal with Republicans or as part of an American jobs plan, both packages call for an investment in traditional infrastructure such as freight rail, roads, bridges, waterways, and airport systems. While still possible, the bipartisan plan is less likely to pass than the American jobs plan. In Biden's proposal, about 60% of the total $2.3 trillion stimulus package, or $1.5 trillion, will go to the areas directly benefiting industrial sectors and manufacturing. If equally spread out over eight years, as outlined by the plan, it amounts to about $188 billion annually during this period. This represents 7.3% of 2019 private fixed investment excluding computers and peripheral equipment and intellectual property products. Now, if you look at that, the way that breaks down is um, roads, bridges, and other transit ports. That's about uh, sixty-two, you know, $621 billion over that eight years. Water, electric grid, and broadband is $311 billion. Uh, new building and retrofits uh, is about $241 billion. Uh, so, what you have is potential for a lot of infrastructure spending. Now, in each potential sector, as we stated, industrials, if you invest in one sector, may be a way to take advantage of this that helps uh, make money over the long term. But don't give up on water as there's several water-only uh, exchange-traded funds that are now coming to the fore, as well as electric infrastructure. If you've been a listener of the show, you also know that one of the things that we've covered uh, at length is this electric uh, infrastructure spending and all the stuff that has to go into it to take advantage of the potential infrastructure spend. Uh, a lot of industrial companies have exposure in this already. And therefore, it would be worth your while to look at the industrial sector very, very closely to make sure you take as much advantage of the infrastructure spend as possible. Keep in mind, there are up-and-coming investments that may try to take advantage of this that don't have a real track record in the inventory space. As you know, my experience points out is a lot of times once the government's ready to spend money, uh, we've all remembered those quote-unquote shovel-ready projects in the Obama era that never took place. It's important to be invested in a company that can take advantage of this instantaneously and therefore get on what I would call the gravy train coming out of Washington, D.C. to help with the infrastructure package. So think about this again. Roads, bridges, railroads, water, electric. That's your main infrastructure special. Don't go to sleep on broadband, as there is a lot of money in broadband. As I said, I think $241 billion to expand 5G. That's another topic we've talked about. And if you're a longtime listener, you know all this is kind of uh, coming full circle and will be self-supporting. You've been listening to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Lion Wealth Management. We'll be back in 60 seconds. When today is unpredictable... You need sound advice and strong support to help you stay focused on your long-term financial goals for tomorrow. Ameriprise has been guiding clients through challenging times for over 125 years. You can take comfort in working with an advisor who's backed by that strong experience and who's there to guide you with personalized, goal-based financial advice. Together, you and your Ameriprise advisor can plan your future 
while navigating your now. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Offices located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is our third segment of the show where we delve deeper into financial planning topics. And this week, with seven months in the books for the year 2021, we are going to be looking at a financial planning topic that is staying on top of what your federal tax liability might be. And this topic has become more and more uh, difficult to manage, given all the myriad stimulus money, uh, tax credits, extended benefits that are out there. And a lot of times the federal government is a little bit late to the game in declaring whether or not these might be tax-free, uh, maybe tax credits, maybe fully taxable. But let's get started. A best practice as we stated before on this show with looking at your budget and your finances a couple times a year, is also around the midpoint of the year, look at your pay stub. A couple things to note on your pay stub is what your year-to-date gross is, what, if any, you have going to pre-tax items that would reduce your taxable income. Those may include a 401k or 403b pre-tax uh, salary deferral arrangement. Uh, if you have to pay for anything on your health insurance, uh, that's certainly a pre-tax item. Dental insurance pre-tax or any other pre-tax items that may come out, such as an HSA, uh, which is a health savings account or a flexible spending account contributions. So after you look at those main figures on your pay stub, you can do a little bit working backwards to see uh how your federal withholdings being paid in match up with what might be your tax liability. If you are a married filing jointly um, taxpayer, you'll need to get both uh, pay stubs if, if both of you are working to do this. But if you're single or head of household, this works quite well with just one pay stub. So a couple things that, that I would say have been noticed by our financial planning practices, a lot of state government employees or especially public school employees, based on the software being used after taxes changed in 2018, a lot of times withholding rates may not be where they need to be, especially in cases where you have a dual income family. Um, as a best practice, take a look at this. Uh, for example, a lot of times on public school teachers, what we're seeing is a withholdings rate that would be based on just that person's salary only and not maybe another person's salary as well in a married filing jointly environment. And sometimes if you divided the federal taxes withheld back into your taxable gross income, you're coming up with somewhere between 4 to 8% withheld uh, in federal taxes. Now, the way federal taxes work is we have several tax brackets. Uh, there's a 10% bracket, then a 12, 22, all the way up to 37%. And once you cross the threshold of one bracket to the other, you begin paying more taxes. One thing to take into consideration, uh, especially this year as it may change uh, going into next year, is 
most people do have a very large standard deduction, and it's rare these days that people would itemize their deductions. So if you want to jot these numbers down at home, this would be something to think about. If you're a married filing joint um, taxpayer, you have a $25,100 standard deduction this year. So that means um, after you total up your taxable income, you're going to subtract out 25100 of that before you run through your con- computation to determine how much taxes you owe. If you're a head of household filer, uh, that standard deduction is 18800 And if you're a single filer, that standard deduction is 12550 for this year. With that said, if you have your kids filing their own tax returns, uh, they do get an $1,100 deduction. If, if, if one of your children had uh, you know, a job on the side or an investment account, $1,100 will come off. And a lot of times kids are able to get a pretty large refund of uh, what they've paid in in federal taxes uh, back at the end of the year. But with that said, it's always a good idea to look at how much taxes you have withheld uh, from a federal basis at least to see are you on track um, to have enough money paid in uh, at the end of the year at least to satisfy your tax liability or at the worst case avoid any penalties. Keep in mind if your income is under for married filing jointly I think it's about $150,000 uh, to one sixty. You may be receiving, especially if you have kids under the age of 17, some type of tax credits. I think the credit is around uh, $300, and it decreases as your income goes up per child. Some of you may be receiving those checks now. Uh, that started in July. And then everyone, at a minimum, will get another six months' worth of credit, if not 12 months, when it comes time to file your return. For example, a family with two children, uh, the total, especially if your income is under $150,000, would be about $7,200. That is a huge tax credit. So what the tax credit does, it wipes away potential tax liability. Uh, this credit is only partially refunded. So that means that if you were going to get money back from the government anyway as a refund before your tax credit was uh, assessed on your return, you're not going to get a dollar-for-dollar refund of that $3,600 or $7,200. It's more like about 70% of that number if you are already in refund status. So if you have young children, it is paramount that you work with your tax preparer or your financial planner to determine uh, how best to exploit these tax credits. As a rule of thumb, if you receive um, a lot of tax credits, it's better to go into the April 15th deadline, owing money to the government and letting the tax credit take care of that um, underpayment. That way you are maximizing, um, in an example where you would owe $7,200 perhaps to the government, you could maximize that tax credit by you having the tax credit pay all of that underpayment, and you've enjoyed the use of that $600 a month all year long. So we find that's a best practice. That's a way to maximize your government benefits, maximize the tax credits, stay on the right side of Uncle Sam and the long arm of the Internal Revenue Service, and also use more of that money throughout the year. If you do have young children, it may be a good idea. Start a college savings account for them. Uh, Nowadays on a 529 plan, you can also use that money to pay for private high school. Uh, But 
Invest that money. Put that money to work for you. Don't let it sit idle in your checking account. And don't spend it on frivolous items that may not be worth uh, their weight in just dust 12 months from now. You're listening to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and we will be back after a word from our sponsor. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer. Our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and you are in the mailbag segment, uh, our last segment of today. And today's question comes in with regards to unemployment benefits and what will happen after they run out in September. Well, we appreciate the question. And we can see why there is a lot of questions about this. Uh, in the past, the uh, government has done quite a bit of what I would call U-turning on some of these issues. For example, just this week, the uh, moratorium on evictions of delinquent renters uh, ran out on Saturday, but was reinstated midweek by the president uh, after much legal opinion stated that that was unconstitutional, but we will see. My advice would be with unemployment benefits, as of now, all the signals from the White House to the Republican senators has been that the White House is in concert with them on having the benefits cease in September. I think uh, no matter where you're listening to this show, you can see there are plenty of help wanted ads on businesses and even uh, here in Owensboro, some of the more well-established businesses, uh, especially in the food sector, that have been in business for decades have had to close briefly for lack of uh, workers. So there is quite a bit of what I would call a grassroots effort out there, at least from Main Street, that says, hey, we need some help. We have plenty of jobs to offer, uh, and we need to get people out to work. Now, the economic reality of this is given the higher than um, usual unemployment benefits that people have been receiving on a weekly basis, some individuals have actually earned more being unemployed, unemployed than they did when they were at work. This has created a wage increase vortex. Uh, that's that's my, my term for it, that uh, businesses have had to go out and pay more for employees than they would have normally done in the past, which 
will in turn increase prices as these businesses are in business to make money, not to run as a charity. So what we'll see and what will be interesting is the first movers who move off the unemployment rolls into jobs do have a maybe once in a lifetime or unique opportunity to basically get back into the workforce at a substantially higher wage rate than what they exited the workforce at. Uh, maybe some cases what we're reading is maybe the difference between $9 and $15 an hour, which that's a, that's a two-thirds, uh, 66% raise. I think anybody listening to this show would raise their hand and say, sign me up for that kind of raise as I reenter the workforce. Other benefits that are still a little bit, uh, I would say, murky are some of the health insurance benefits that went along to those people who are unemployed uh, due to COVID job losses. It is not known at this time, will those end also in September or will there be a bridge because some places that do hire people offer the ability to buy health insurance through their employer only after 60 or 90 day probationary period. That's something that uh, I recommend everybody do a little bit of due diligence on themselves to figure that out. But it's clear the lifting of the uh, or the expiration of the Social Security or the additional unemployment benefits uh, will definitely uh, have some impact uh, on the economy. I do feel like as well there may be a month or two where we get some kind of, you know, squirrely looking economic data as people are trying to make their way from the unemployment rolls back to the workforce. And I don't know whether that will be a month or two of really horrible looking data if that doesn't occur or really uh, what I would say over optimistically looking data if everybody rushes out at one time to rejoin the workforce. One thing is clear, there are a lot more job openings than people searching for jobs as it is now. So this is a unique time, and, and if you don't have a job or you're looking to move up in job uh, pay or benefits, right now the world is your oyster, and go ahead and take a crack at it, open it up, and uh, get more money in your pocket. We're great and feel wonderfully blessed to be back on the air, and you've been listening to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and we'll be back same time, same station next week. Thank you. This is WOMI Owensboro. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.